0: Welcome to another episode of the Space with Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. Man, I feel good. I feel good. I finally went on a bike ride. I finally, with my new bike, uh, I got a new bike. I went on a ride, a nice ride. Not just, I was riding with the parents before, you know, but, you know, they can't really go as long and as hard. So, uh, I just want to leave them behind in the dust, right? So, I I finally was able to jump on the bike today and actually start, start, start riding really hard, really tough, and, uh, it feels good. feels good to be able to put in that effort again, be able to ride like that again, be able to, to, uh, you know, just a quick hour, boom, back 10 miles down, 10 miles back, done quick. So I like that. I don't even need water. I, uh, you know, I can just go hard there and back. So I always, I went from, uh, started in, here in Bothell, biked to, yeah, Redmond Town Center, biked back, yeah, that's about nine and a half each way. So yeah, just a little under twenty miles. So nice. I uh man, and uh what was it? As soon as I uh came back home, uh I checked out the uh the uh YouTube for the uh stages of the Tour de France, starting late, but the Tour de France, Tour de Force it's uh yeah, man, that uh wow, I know this isn't a sports podcast, but I caught up on all five stages. I watched the highlights. You can't, I can't sit down and watch the whole race, right? Like each, you know, it's not even, to be honest, it's not even really too long. Some of the stages there, some of the stages are done in, you know, a little more than four hours, right? But it's like, come on, am I really going to, I mean, there are the super fans who are going to sit down and watch the whole four hours and they shoot it really nice. There's all these landscape shots and, you know, shots of the Peloton and all that. But I just catch the highlights, man. I can't, I can't, I can't. Sorry, I don't have four hours to watch the Tour de France. All right, well, am I gonna live stream it while I'm doing work? Come on, let me just catch the highlights. So I've been watching the highlights, pretty much caught up on all of them. Uh, man, ever that stage, stage one of the Tour de France, where um, if you haven't seen the highlights, check them out because stage one where it's raining, dude. The uh, oh, so many people. You know, that, the, the funny thing, those cyclists, man, they go all out no matter the weather. They don't care if it's raining, you know. That's why they mostly do it during the summer because it's, you know, it's bright, it's sunny, it's hot and dry, you know. So that way everyone has, there's good riding conditions. But when you push it all the way to, uh, you know, late August early September, yeah, you're going to get a little more rain. And, uh, yeah, dude, these guys, these guys go all out <laughs> no matter the weather. So many people crashed. Some guy, many people had to leave. First stage of the Tour de France, they have to leave. One guy broke a femur. Oh, my God. Those cyclists, man, (laughs) they are, they're fragile guys, dude. And people don't really understand the speeds they're going with how very, very little protection they have. All they have is a helmet. That's it. Your kit, your gloves, none of that's offering you any protection. You're just going to hit that ground, you know. But, man, the, uh... Yeah, just uh finished watching yeah, the stage 5 highlights of the Tour de France. Uh man, apparently it started it started off stage 5 very casually, and then it sort of builds up into a uh into a a full, you know, full-out sprint, right? The sprint races. Uh bit of a, you know, some climbing parts of the tour of uh, the stage here. Dude, I like the uh some people like the climbs. They say the climbing is the most sort of exciting part, right? Because there's, there's so many, you know, pl- you know, along the route, there's so many places where people can get dropped or, you know, they bonk out and then they just, you know, they just fall to the back of the pack, right? So there's there's all these sort of possibilities of, of that happening. But, dude, that's not the most exciting part for me. I actually, I like the sprints, I think, more you know, people going, you know, 27, 28, you know, 30 miles an hour on their bike, they're slamming, dude, all the way down, dude. You see, like, Peter Sagan just turn on the engine, bro, and just start dropping people. It is insane, man. I, I like those sprints more than I like the climbs because sometimes for the climbs, if one guy gets far enough ahead and he can, um, you know, and he's he's sort of going at a good rate, he gets far enough ahead, hey, he shifts down into a low gear, and then he just, you know, he just spins, right? And he can spin like that, you know, forever. Spinning, I mean, um. Like, well, yeah, spinning his wheels, but he's he's just sort of spinning his pedals, you know, and he's far enough ahead and no one can really catch up. Like, all right, then that guy, um, you know, that guy makes it all the way. Like, who was the king of the mountain in stage five? That guy's been dominating the climbs in that polka dot jersey. Uh there's a French guy, right? No, not a French guy. Who is King of the Mountain? I like they have they have the King of the Mountain and they also have the uh the Spirit of the Mountain award, you know. Oh, what is this? What is this? 2 hours ago. Alipoli Alipoli stripped of yellow jersey by Tour de France jury. Why was he stripped of the j- yellow jersey? And uh Ju- Julian Alipoli's ride in the yellow jersey is over and his rivals had nothing to do with it. Tour de France leader was stripped of the coveted shirt on Wednesday after being handed a time penalty for illegally receiving provisions near the end of Stage 5, which had been largely uneventful until then. Illegal provisions? What do they mean by that? They they always have those feed stations. Huh. Uh, Not allowed to receive provisions, either drinks or food during the last 12 and a half miles of stage. Wow, why was a staff member posted inside the last 12 miles? So, yeah, boom, time penalty. Ooh, penalized. How much was he penalized for? Not by a minute. Docked, 20 seconds. Ooh, that's going to put you back. What's the the current standings right now? Because, yeah, these are... What are the current standings right now? Yeah, Yates now tops the standings with a three-second league over... Primo's Roglic, Tadej Pogakar, Slovenian rider stands third, four seconds further back. Alipoli dropped to 16th overall, 16 seconds behind the new leader. Man, what a drop, dude! 20 seconds, they will drop you, dude. What was it? What did he get? What did he get? I'm, I'm trying to find here. Like, was it like a quiff bar? Uh, Doc 20 seconds. Ba ba ba. Grabbing a bottle from a staff member of his uh, Denuick quick step team about step squad about 18 kilometers, 11 miles, thank you, from um, the finish. Wow, he grabbed a water bottle 11 miles from the finish. Oh, yeah, and yeah, riders are not allowed to receive provisions during the last 20 kilometers. Man, man. Why, man, ah, those guys need to be more careful about their feed stations. Ah, docked 20, docked 20 seconds, dude. That's, that's, that's kind of steep. I mean, it's recoverable, but, you know, are good, all right, make sure you, make sure you really sp- <laughs> sprint the last 20 kilometers, you know, in the next, uh, <laughs> in the next stage to get your lead back. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Unauthorized feeding. Yeah, 16th place on the general classification. 16 seconds behind Yates. Man, who was the climber, though? I want to see Tour de France, stage 5, uh, King of the Mountain, KOM. All right. KOM classification. Yeah. That Benoit Kosinfroy. He's the guy in the uh Yeah, he's the tw- Yeah, he's the 24 Oh, he's Benoit Kosinfroy takes both. So the 24 year old Frenchman stays in the polka dot. Man. Yeah, that French. Sorry, I gotta I gotta wipe my nose here. Why is my nose I sh- I should let you guys know. I ate like two pound uh round roast, a roast, though sitting it up hot roast for like two days. So it's nice and dry. So definitely, uh, you know, mm, yum, delicious, dry meat, whatever. I threw some cheese on it. I ate it. The funny thing about this, uh, sort of all meat diet thing is, um, I can sort of eat past the point of satisfaction until I feel like really full. Like it's kind of almost painful to eat, you know, like it's like, Oh, like it's, it's so much, you know, you know, it's, it's painful. It's painful. And the thing is that pain goes away fairly quickly like it goes away pretty you know it doesn't stick around you know it's it's replaced by the feeling of satisfaction for for a long time so not that bad you know uh but okay Benoit Cousenfroi takes both so 24 year old Frenchman stays in the polka dots two category 4 adds up to two available points terms of the polka dot okay yeah because that 24 year old kid that's he's been if you take a look at those highlights he's way ahead of the peloton dude so he has just been able to uh you know like i said once you get high enough sort of ahead of the pack you know especially on a climbing stage if you can just keep on spinning 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 you know your pedals you can just maintain that lead you know you know for anyone to actually like when you're f- starting back there to actually catch up, you have to, you know, especially during the steeper parts of the climb, you, you have to generate so much energy. It is insane. It's crazy. And of course, because I was watching cycling videos, you know, I'm, I, it's so funny. You watch one bicycling video and then uh, your feet just pops, <laughs> just explodes with Lance Armstrong, just videos. Just like Lance Arm, like inside Lance Armstrong's Aspen home, you know? Lance Armstrong, the next stage NBC Sports interview. Uh, Lance Armstrong, the move, the podcast he does with uh, George uh, George Hincapie. Uh It's it's crazy, dude. I didn't know this. Lance Armstrong invested in Uber back in like 2009, and he's like, people are saying he could be like a billionaire. I was watching a uh, his Architectural Digest video where they sort of. Uh, explore his home in Aspen and the funny thing is I did see the uh I saw that you know Lance Armstrong a two-parter documentary on ESPN plus about sort of uh you know all the lawsuits and everything he's having to pay off and stuff like yeah they were suing me for 100 million but I reduced it down by 90 by you know I I was able to to get it down to 5 million I was like that's a a 95% reduction that's that's actually really really good and he's like, I could have gotten it down even more, but you know, I I I gave them some concessions. You know, I gave them some concessions. <laughs> and then you you then you see this uh, Architectural Digest video about his Aspen home and how he was an early investor in Uber and like you know words he could be a billionaire. Like, okay, all right, you still got you still got money, you still you still you put it away, you found little places for it. You, <laughs> it's that's crazy, man. I guess once you get to that level. Of, you know as long you never really lose it as long as you've invested it wisely there is that uh sports documentary called broke where all of these sort of you know very wealthy wealthy athletes maybe not athletes any of us remember you know there's so many people in the NFL you know whose names like you, you don't really hear about but they're you know they still make you know 1 or 2 million dollars a year right very successful still and uh you know they they're able to buy all this stuff and you just never hear about them you know and uh, and then they go broke <laughs> so it's uh i hear it's it's actually quite uh, common because if if you if you sort of end up with that much money and you've never had that much money before it's you know it's it's temp- it's, a, and it's incredibly tempting to spend it all um also uh if you don't know like how to invest it where to, where you know where what to do with it you know you're just going to you know, sit on it and, you know, waste it. So, you know, it, it's a real skill to this sort of, not skill, I should say knowledge, you know, knowledge of sort of what to do. Yeah. You know, I'm watching the, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to you guys, it's funny, you know, most of the time I don't, I talk into this microphone and then as soon as I upload the episode, I immediately forget everything I've spoken about in the podcast episode immediately, super quickly. I can't remember at all. So, so it's funny. I'm remembering in the last episode, I talked about that, uh, beach house millionaire, basically all these real estate brokers who's trying to sell these homes, which they're really not. Some of them are just not prepared to sell. Like they just don't, they, they don't do the research. They just kind of end up as a realtor selling million dollar homes with an 800,000 plus commission, like most people's retirement accounts for you know, the majority of Americans. It's only one or two million dollars, because you know, and and two millions kind of, oh, it's yeah, it's okay. $2 million's okay, because I mean, imagine a million dollars, pull a hundred thousand from that each year. Um. Well, what is it? Average lifespan? What is like eighty years old, right? So you retire when you're sixty-two. So you so you play on the safe side. Make sure you have enough money for the next twenty years you know, save up a million dollars and then, you know, what is a million divided by a hundred thousand? Ten, right? Yeah. A hundred thousand dollars each year, 10 years. Uh, you know, if you saved up 2 million, that could be, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for 20 years. So yeah. So really, yeah, all you need is a, (laughs) a million or 2 million to retire and, you know, yeah, it's saved $2 million, a hundred thousand dollars and by the way, even a million dollars, I mean, at you know, hopefully at that point, you know, and your wife, you have a house and a car and, you know, your expenses are, are somewhat minimal. You know, it's, it's uh, relegated to, you know, groceries and, you know, maybe some fun spending money, movies, stuff like that. So, you know, you can still, you know, $80,000 a year. That's still a, a very good salary, $80,000 a year, you know. Don't the, doesn't the, if you, I, I thought I, I read something where half of all Americans make 60, it, it fluctuates each year, but it's like 55, $65,000 a year, something like that, which, it which is kind of crazy that half of Americans like live, you know, below, uh, below a middle-class lifestyle, half, I, I, I would have figured that had been like a third, not half, but. Economics. It's crazy. Oh, and uh, what is it? I finally, you know, since UFC 253 is planned, uh, I finally watched the fights of UFC 252. Uh, and uh, that's right, guys. It's another episode of Way Too Late with Dallas. Hey, way, way, way too late. Dang it. Okay, is this thing. Alright that's dumb I thought it would yell bop it I have a bop it here to symbolize way too late I was going to play a bop it I was going to play a bop it sound and So it's like Yeah it's like because it, In my head the bit was Oh I just discovered bop it Which is like way too late right So yeah bop it bop it bop it But it doesn't yell bop it I wish there was a button where it just yelled bop it So anyway It doesn't do that Do you guys like how lo-fi this is? Do you guys like the real grittiness of it? Very low production quality. (laughs) Very, uh, not many ideas floating, floating through, uh, not, not a lot of bits here. All right. Not a lot of pre-planned bits, not a lot of high-end sound effects. You know, it's all, it's all done, you know, on the fly, (laughs) you know, just kind of with what I got laying around a microphone no audio <laughs> a very minimal audio recording device <laughs> not the the microphone's expensive the program it's a very minimal audio recording program not going to cut it up with you know sounds of like spaceships flying or, <laughs> or or an actual you know like cut cut to a commercial where they're actually saying bop it bop it i remember those bop it commercials too and they would like, uh, they would always do something like they'd always, I've never seen anyone actually have a boppet it and like hit the boppet it on their hip. So, to like be like, bop it. And then they they take, take it and then they just, oh, boom, hip, hip, hit I'm going to hit it in my hip. I don't know why I used a female voice there, like a young girl, just like, ah, I'm a bop it with my hip. I'm so young and cool. That's, <laughs> God. Oh, that was so, that was so, <laughs> man, Bob, uh, and speaking of UFC 252, so I finally saw that Stipe Miocic versus DC Cormier fight, Cormier fight. Dude, I think Cormier, it was done a little dirty to him. He, he got a pretty, he eye poked a uh, Stipe, but, uh, Stipe's eyes seem okay. And then Cormier got eye poked really bad. He couldn't even see out of his eye. He still continued to fight, uh, which is, Hey, all the credit to him. You know, that's, that is a, oh, he couldn't even see out of his eye, man. I mean, that's not even a, it's not even a fair fight, you know, but ref doesn't see it. Ref doesn't call it. It keeps on going. So, oh dude. So, uh, you know, Cormier's had a, has had a great UFC career. That was sort of his final fight. Um, but man, I wish, uh, I wish it could have ended on a, on a better note too. Now. Oh, he sort of had his eyes poked out like that. But honestly, once you get your eye poked that hard like that, it's like, okay, man, maybe, maybe I'm out. Maybe I'm out too, so I get it. And both of those, and uh, Stipe, um, he, uh, you know, the, the amazing thing is they, they had such great sportsmanship between each other during, I think, that whole fight, you know, a lot of a good sportsmanship. They both want the belt, you know, but, um, you know, they they both i think showed a lot of respect to each other. They spoke well, very fond of each other after the fight, which is always something great to see uh, from those fighters. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm uh, I'm sure Cormier is glad that his UFC career is done, you know. He's glad, you know, when you take a look at the trajectory of a career and sort of he oh, I I bet he's going to become a sort of like a like a host of some sort, you know, he's going to be there with Joe Rogan talking about stuff, so, you know, he, he's going to do all right, I can see him there, speaking of, of another uh, UFC 252 fight that, uh, sugar Sean O'Malley, uh, versus Vera, yeah, dude, that Sean O'Malley versus, uh, what was his name, Mike, Michael Vera, let me make sure of that, Vera, yeah, when Sean rolled, he, like, uh, uh, he rolls his ankle forward at some point during the fight, dude, and then he basically is just standing on this rolled right ankle. It doesn't even go the fir- first full round because he falls down. Now uh, Vera sort of catches him, though, and then um, you know he puts his uh he puts his you know he put uh you know once sugar once uh Sean o- uh, O'Malley's on his back, Marwin Vera. That's his first name, Marwin Vera. You know once sean is on his his back he puts his feet up to him you know and so he's playing some open guard but then uh vera's just able to sort of blast right through that and then he's just throwing some heavy heavy hits heavy elbows um i wish the you know it it looked like a hit did catch him for a second and he might have been out for a split second you know it might have just been really stunned by such a hit but um I wish the ref could have let the fight going. I, I, I wish they would have finished the first round, you know, at least. Uh, I I understand, you know, O'Malley sort of rolled his ankle there. And, uh, you know, by the way, since it has been so long, I should probably look up what that foot injury was. Because, uh, uh, what is this? Post-surgery, Ben Askren tells son Sean O'Malley to toughen up on ankle injury. Okay. Thanks, Askren. Let me get knocked out in three seconds. (laughs) God. Oh, Ben Askren has a new-ish hip. Hmm. Yeah, the retired UFC and one championship star on Sunday jabbed at UFC bantamweight star Sean O'Malley. O'Malley. Sugar Sean. Who is recovering after an ankle injury suffered in a loss to Marlon Vera? Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's joking around. He's joking. If that's the thing about the. Uh, that's the thing about the the internet, or um, yeah, I guess the internet in general. You know, when you're just reading something, you don't read it with any sort of tone or intention or any sort of fluctuation in voice. You just Read it as this very sort of plain monotone thing. It doesn't really help that, you know, a lot of these writers, you know, they try to make the catchiest, uh, you know, title of the article possible just to, you know, get people to click on it. But, uh, uh yeah, see, Sean O'Malley's faking an injury, asking, Askren said, as he inched down a hospital corridor on a walker held up by a nurse. Needed a stretcher. I'm like four hours post-op from my hip, and Lisa's got me walking already. Sean, toughen up a little bit, son. <laughs> okay, okay, got it. That's pretty funny. That's a little, just a little funny jab. Huh? Yeah, man. Another. F- Ooh, okay. This is what they say. Sean O'Malley to have suffered another foot fracture and his lost to Marlon Vera. Ooh, that is bad, man. Man. He's such a good fighter, too. His first loss, too. 12, 12 fights undefeated, first loss. Insane. Insane. By the way, can you guys hear me when I uh, am swallowing my own spit, my own saliva? I don't know how to prevent myself from doing that. I uh, I don't know. I guess every time I'll, I want to spit, instead, I'll just drink water. Not spit, swallow. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, man, that uh that Sugar Sean O'Malley fight. I, I I hope they they have a rematch. You know, I I know though Vera won fair and square, so like why why rematch this guy? I beat him already, that sort of thing. But I don't know. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. You know, it, it sucks when fighters get get hurt the way you know Sean O'Malley or uh, Cormier did. You know. Oh, especially Cormier, I just think about what a, you know, he's, he's done with the UFC for sure. You know, he's not gonna, you know, he says, you know, I'm in, if, cause it makes sense what he says. He's like, you know, I'm interested in title shots and if I don't have a title shot, you know, why am I here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Get out. Like, you know, cause re- really, what is the point just to be in it, to kind of be in it and, you know, I mean, I guess if you if you really love it, you could just be in it to be in it and then just you kind of have a career as this sort of fighter, you know? I don't know, it's just some, like, mid-to-upper-tier fighter who's never going to have a title. Like, come on. Why? Why? If you're not in it to get the title, then why are you in it at all, you know? That's my sort of mentality about this, you know? Uh, that being said, I do a lot of stand-up and... Pfft, who knows where that's going to go, dude? I haven't done stand-up in months, all right? I've just been sort of finding other things to do. Dude, uh, we'll see. We'll see if they return to stand-up. I, uh, I know there's such a huge audience out there waiting for me. We'll see if uh, if anything comes back from that, if, if we can, you know, do stand-up. I know stand up's happening in other parts of the countries and I know it's it's a lot there's a lot of underground stand up happening right now, both in New York and LA and here in Seattle I bet. Though so that's the community is so tight knit here in Seattle. I, I feel like I would have heard about it. But also it took me like six months to get onto the uh, the Northwest Comedians page on Facebook and uh, <laughs> It took me like six months, and then I'll see posts from there like, Yeah, never done stand up before, but you know, one of my friends told me to try it out, so uh, you know, I, I just uh, I'm on the Facebook page now. Uh, what's happening? What do I do? How do I get started? I'm like, God, really? Like, it took me six months to get on here, and then you just kind of uh, anyway, that's just me being salty, though. I shouldn't worry about that, though. I deactivated my Facebook. I was always getting tired of Facebook, man. It was a straining, man. Facebook is such a like a waste of time these days. I don't like it, you know, anymore. You know, I'll I'll have to go back in one of these. It's just deactivated, so I can reactivate it at any time. But I might go back in one of these days, just like I don't know, download all my pictures, you know, th- throw my pictures up onto throw those pictures. I feel like those pictures are all backed up to Google Photos. We'll see, I mean, I'll I'll download all all of those pictures, you know, put them in a file somewhere, save them. And then I don't know what else to keep rather than the pictures, like the messages. You know, I have some, ah, but I can have No, if I delete Facebook, I'll I'll get I'll, it'll get rid of my Messenger app too. Yeah, man. I don't know. Maybe I'll just make the switch to finally using uh, you know, Instagram full-time or Twitter. You know, maybe I should use Twitter. Though I feel like Facebook's like the default social media app. Like everyone's on Facebook, you know, not everyone's on Instagram, not everyone's on Twitter and people who are on Instagram and Twitter, they're not even using it that much. You know, they just sort of have it to see uh, what everybody else is doing. But I, I don't know, maybe I'll just keep just Instagram. Maybe it should just be Instagram that I should keep. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what I keep or not. I deactivated Facebook, and I kind of like it, man. I, uh, I actually, I'm really glad I don't have to look at that. And it hasn't been really that hard. There have been a couple times where I was like, "Oh, should I just jump back in and reactivate?" But I was like, "No." Like, not even a couple times. There's only only one time today I thought about that, and I don't even think I'm going to think about that at all tomorrow. Like, I think. Once you once you're off of it, you're kind of off of it. So, yeah, we'll see if I ever if anything ever happens, you know. We'll see if I ever, you know. We'll see if I get back on the bandwagon. But you know, for now, I'm off it. All right, I'm off it. If I, <laughs> and uh, and you guys will be the first to know if I ever go back on it. So, yeah, because I know all my loyal loyal fans are following me on all of my social media. Uh, space for Dallas is the name of the podcast you're listening to and space for Dallas is the name of the Instagram. Follow me there. Uh, oh, one thing I should actually mention, man, my bike, dude, I have to fix my rear derailleur on my bike. It's the rear hanger arm is a little too tense, I believe. So, uh, one of my, um, cogs is kind of skipping a little bit. I'll bring that to the bike shop. Uh, you know see see if they can fix it up for me and do a little tune i'll try to tune it up myself wow past 30 minutes already 30 minutes and 10 seconds and counting wow another uh, another great great gold gold solid gold diamond even a diamond episode in the bag i am a mind cuz i just make diamonds baby boom 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 diamonds will make that sound it should be like bling 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 shing ching shing Shing is in, like the, the shine of a diamond. That's you know it goes shing. Something is like that that's more of like a that's more of like a, a piece of metal though than a diamond. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for listening again to another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. Uh, this is Dallas. Thanks a lot.